Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. He's, he's kind of a unique talent because, you know, you watch, well, when, kind of, I mean, very. Uh, but he makes his way towards the wall and he's kind of cruising, but he's still at a pretty high rate of speed, even though he's not close to going all out. He's still moving pretty good. So I just think he hit it a little... Um, uh, at, at some sort of uh, different angle, and it just caused them to kind of spin off the wall. I, I think he's okay. I think he's fine. Is that there? So Buxton did hit the wall yesterday. Mm-hmm. Is everything fine? Do we can we confirm? Did he? He got well. He stayed down briefly. There was a few beads of sweat that developed on all the fans' uh, foreheads. He got yeah. up though, but he tried. So he went into that chain link fence. Fence again, though. That's what worries me sometimes. That chain link fence. He tries to like mm. climb it at times and tries to be like Spider Man. And see, I get, I get why that's there. Because don't the relievers yes. like the, the the relievers can't see the game? Correct. Unless the chain link fence is there, it's kind of actually kind of a crappy place to watch a game. You're just the the fifth reliever in the bullpen. You're you're, you're trying to watch from. You know, 400 feet away behind a chain link fence. But the Cubs have those bullpen experience now mm-hmm. where, where they actually have where it's some type of surface that the relievers can see through, but it's not like chain link. So, like, it mm. looks Is like, like, a, a, like a two way mirror kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't mm. know, you know, <laughs> perhaps put that in there. Interrogations, too. One of my, speaking of interrogations, one of my other favorite things here is whenever there's a sports controversy and we just don't feel like we're getting enough information. Could be Vikings in training camp with all the COVID stuff, or could be this mysterious, you know, Byron Buxton's missed 40% of the games, but he's not, there's no structural damage. Right. We have to send ace reporter Judd Zolgad down there, who's been long retired from actual, like, beat writing <laughs> and reporting. But he, you know, I'd say once every six months or so, we have to, and you're there at all these games, but like. Right, you know. but I don't participate. Like, I, my rule of thumb is this. I am going to let the people that cover the team ask the questions Unless the question doesn't just get asked, so like and sometimes the question needs to be asked, and well, we send we send yes. emergency reporter Judd Zolgat in to ask the tough questions. Because as a beat guy, it always annoyed me if if the Judd Zolgads have now turned out at, and started to like grill the coach. It's like, dude, I got this. I got. I'm I'm here a lot, but you know, <laughs> if you're not gonna, you know, if you're not gonna ask about what was a developing story, um. I had to pull the trigger. I had to ask the question. Well, and so you so you went down there with, and, and thank you for this, because I think a lot of people after Saturday night were wondering, 
you're in a close game against a division rival. It's you're not guaranteed. You're not the Dodgers. You're not guaranteed to just coast to a hundred victories or whatever it is with injured players. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are you sending up Nick Gordon? Why is Why is Miranda going up there clearly overmatched when? And I get that Buxton had an off day, but everyone's wondering why is he not just coming off the bench to take a swing and hit a home run? You know, which by the way he did on Sunday, hit a home run. And so uh, I'm going to read you the quote here from uh, from the clubhouse that you were part of, and then we're going to get to statements here on this Monday. We have a buffoon of the week that you're all very familiar with later in the show as well. So the so the Buxton plan, as has been agreed upon by Buxton, by the field staff and the coaches, and by the front office, is, quote, from Buxton, we've got a process. The process of me staying on the field trying to play 100 games. So however that looks, who knows? We have a plan here, and we're going to stick to it. Whatever else outside of that kind of doesn't matter to us. It's all about winning. Okay, Bill Guerin. Going out, playing good (laughs) baseball, and doing what we know we're supposed to do, which is go to the World Series. Derek Falvey confirmed with the Star Tribune the 100 games number. So whether they came up with this in the offseason, I mean, he did start the first, like, seven or eight games, and then he had the weird slide into second base in Boston. But somewhere along the line, they decided... Okay, he never plays a hundred games. Right. Let's just play a hundred games, and and then anything else beyond that will just, I guess it's just gravy and a bonus. So, fire away. Your first statement here. My first statement is this: after a weekend of controversy, after a Saturday night in which Byron Buxton, as Phil just said, didn't even pinch hit, Bally showed him on the bench and said, "Well, I guess he's not going to play." Thanks, Bally. Appreciate that. Coming up next, Byron Buxton sporting cool twins gear. You can too. The pro shop is open. (laughs) Pick it up tomorrow when you attend the game. So, Audra. Oh, Byron Buxton. Yeah, this is a great plan. Whatever the twins do is a great plan. Back to you. Um, So the statement is this, because there's so many different tentacles and angles here. Like this is really interesting stuff. But I'm just going to start with a statement that I think is fair and I think was missed upon again by by a franchise, and this one in particular. Honesty is the best policy. In this case, honesty is the best policy. So after Buxton didn't pinch hit, and Phil's right. I mean, Nick Gordon had no chance, poor guy. He went up there and had no chance. And Byron Buxton, you would send up there to try to hit a home run. It's not like, hey, let's keep this thing going for 15, baby. You know, there was another guy on base. They're down by one. Your hope is that he hits a home run end of game. But he didn't pinch hit. And after the game, Rocco was evasive, I would say. He gave a response. But he's like, well, you know, when we decide he's not going to play, he's not going to play. And that's not going to change because... Of circumstances to which the immediate thought was really like no adjustments. Like, what are you doing? That is weird. Come to find out on Saturday, or I'm, I'm sorry, on Sunday before the game in his pregame stuff, Rocco acknowledged that Buxton is playing with knee inf- knee inflammation in his right knee from the play in Boston in April. Which, by the way, Phil. Long story short, I think to answer your question, I think the. 100 game mark was really solidified after that. Like, like that they're like, we can't go through this. Um, so, so I think Rocco advanced the story a bit with that because, okay, if he has a knee problem and it's bothering him and you know, is damn near chronic, that's not good, but it at least explains things a little bit more. 
Yeah. Then pregame, uh, to his credit, Suhan got Falvey aside, and Falvey basically went into chapter and verse about our goal now is 100 games. Now, I think the interpretation is above and beyond that, awesome. But we are shooting, so it's not like at, you know, he's played 100 games, shut him down. It's more of this is the goal, and if we get there, we'll examine it from there. Um, I think this is a fascinating talker. I think it's incredibly interesting. But my God, it reminds me so much of the Maurer thing all over again, which is a lack of transparency caused this kerfuffle. It caused this problem. And if your goal is 100 games and you are going to sit Byron Buxton at home, which, by the way, is a big deal. People show up at Twins games to see, like our guy Declan, who has a, a what, 20-game season yeah. ticket plan, right? Yeah. Um, how many games have you been to so far? I have been to five. Five. And how many How many times has Buxton played? Two. Okay. Opening day, and then he played in the second doubleheader uh, against the Astros that I was at on Thursday. Yeah. So the point, yeah, I mean, the point being is, honestly, it's the best policy, though, because if this is the plan, tell people the plan. Well, you bring up, I'm glad you brought up Jomar. I tweeted about this yesterday, at Phil Mackey. You can follow my just hilarious, ragingly hilarious tweets on a daily basis if you'd like to. Uh, but because uh, Maurer got pounded for, you know, whatever it was, 12 or 15 years because he missed games, especially when he was a catcher. You know, they would day game after night game, you know, prominent radio host in town. How long will Maurer milk it, right? Well, catchers don't. We look at like the five catchers, the Iron Man catchers in baseball history, the ones that, you know, Johnny Bench or whoever, and or go back to the 50s and Yogi Berra, you know, you just expect catchers to be grinders and play 150 games. That's not how catching works, especially now, even 10 years removed from when Joe Maurer was catching. But you look back at Joe Maurer's games played, and he played, once he moved to first base, he played even more games because it's just an easier position to play, but... It's kind of ridiculous how much heat he got for not playing games. 131, 140, uh, 109 in 2007. He played 146, 138, 137. There was the bilateral leg weakness season where he only played 82, and that was a whole, that whole story has still never been told in full. There was something else wrong with him besides the knees. It's never fully gotten out. He's never talked about it. They were 10 years later. 147, 113, 120, 158, 134, 141. If you said right now, hey, we're going to give Byron Buxton Joe Maurer's games played and played appearances, would you take it? People would run to the bank with that type of durability. <laughs> it's not Cal Ripken, but it might as well be. So, okay, so my, my first statement here is I don't think I disagree with the Twins' approach, but I find it fascinating that they're treating a 28-year-old in his prime athlete the same way that like Kevin Garnett at age 38 was being treated by yes. the Timberwolves and who you know the Nets and whoever else he played for at the end. Yes. You know, he I mean this is this is one of the prime athletes in the world. He's he's legitimately one of the five best baseball players in the world. He's one of the fastest players in professional sports. He's one of the great center fielders of this generation defensively. Mm-hmm. And he's treated and I'm not even saying that this is wrong. I think I think his history and his lack of playing hundred games probably does warrant some sort of plan like this, at least for the start of the season. But they're treating him like he's a broken down old Shaq or KG or you know, I'm trying to think of a football example, but those guys either play or they don't, right? 
And then the other thing, too, is that, that you, know, you kind of brought this up, Judd. The Twins have been so vague on why he's missed almost 40% of games, despite not landing on the injured list. They've been really vague about the knee. And, oh, he's just kind of banged up. Yeah, he's just kind of got a sore knee. Well, is it, what is it? Like, is it, is there like a strained ligament? Is there, because athletes play sore all the time. Right. You look at the look at the. I mean, we'll get to Carl Anthony Towns later. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns had like three procedures last week, and he was playing. It's He's like athletes play through pain, <laughs> and so I think what fans want is just what is actually happening. If into Declan's dilemma, you know, he's bought a season ticket package. It's a Saturday night. It's a home game. There's right. twenty three, twenty five thousand people, and there a lot of them are coming, bringing their kids to see Byron Buxton. So some level, this isn't football where. You're trying to be secretive about your left guard status, right? It's baseball. It's not, it's not a physical sport. Just be honest about what's happening. And so I think Saturday night's fiasco where they lose this game with inferior hitters kind of forced them to be more honest about it on Sunday. Biggest crowd since opening day. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous night. A night that people like. And, this, and, and what bothers me, though, too, is understand where your sport is at. Like, this is a sport that people are dying not to go see. Like they're like, uh, but but they say it's Saturday night. It's gorgeous out. You know what? Guardians in town. Let's go see Buxton and the Twins. And and you know baseball, like all sports, it's a marquee sport. So like, what's on the the marquee? It's not Gio Urshela's playing some good third base. That's our marquee advertising thing. Like Byron Buxton's on. If you had a marquee outside of the field, it would say Byron Buxton and the Twins. And so. For them to have this entire plan now and not to have shared it with, you know, I don't care who, call call the Strib and Pioneer Press up, right? And say, okay, we're going to explain this because it's not going to make sense. And and the people that we must serve are the people who are going to be coming to the ballpark. So, yeah, yeah that drives me crazy. Here's the other thing, though, that we – so, like, there's going to be great debate about this and, and, you know, people worked up and saying, this is stupid, this is – okay – I'd like to advance it past that because take your pick. If you choose to be mad, be mad. If you choose to defend the twins, that's fine too. But understand this. The next story that's going to come up about this is something's chronically wrong. Like this is not, and to your point, Phil, you're exactly right. We still don't know what was wrong with Joe in 2009 or in in 2011. But after that, but after that, there's no question things subsequently changed with Joe. Uh, He still played. He tried to play. But he wasn't the same. And this is something where, look, they are not, in my opinion, sitting him because he hurt his knee in Boston. They're doing it because he hurt it again, and the question is why. It concerns me greatly. And I am, and by the way, this, this again, this is fair game on speculating. Because when you hid this, this is why when people say you shouldn't speculate, screw that. I'm going to speculate because this team hid something until they were forced to reveal it, which means there's more there. And what really concerns me is in consecutive years, at the same time, we have now had a young man who's 28, who's in his athletic prime, have hip problems. That's not normal. That's not no Hip problems happen to people like Pat Royce and Judd Zolgad. They don't happen to Byron Buxton continually. You might hurt your hip once, but back-to-back times and landing wrong. And so I'm going to tell you right now, the next part of this story is going to be very simple. This contract, which now explains itself way more, like why would he take it? Well, he took it because of this. Uh, This contract is now going to be a race against time. Byron versus time. And that is how much can they get from him at, at Buxton's zenith 
before the clock hits midnight. So the biggest yeah. question then, and, and let's come back to the Maurer thing too, because I, I, I think the ownership is really the only, well, the, some of the PR staff too, I guess, but I feel like they're not learning from 10 years ago here. And so we'll get back to it in a second. But I think what I want to know is, is sitting him sort of preemptively, which it, it sounds like they're kind of doing it preemptively, but Rocco also said on Saturday there are some days where he's just not going to be able to fire up, that he's just going to have to sit down because Correct. the knee doesn't allow him to play. Right. And that's the gray area, which is, okay, the knee is sore enough to not allow him to play sometimes, but not sore enough to keep him out for like a 10-day injury list stint. So are they... Would they be better off just saying, listen, man, let's just sit you for two weeks. Just take a load off. Let's get the knee right. To me, if it was if it was something that just required two weeks of rest, then just do it and then come back and play 120 games on the back end. It's not. Though. But but that and that's to your point. It's, it's okay. If they, but if they think this is a chronic off and on thing throughout the rest of his career, then maybe the maybe it's better just to get 100 right. games out of him. But but to your point, this is where the KG comparison is super scary. He's 28 years old. He is in his prime, and he's being treated like he's 38. That's what's scary about this. That's now, why I said this, um, this is going to be a race against that contract. And they don't – all the stakeholders involved here, the fans who pay money to watch these players. And Joe Maurer took a lot of heat, but a lot of fans paid money to watch Joe Maurer. He wasn't quite as exciting to watch play baseball as Byron Buxton, but you know, Joe Maurer was the most popular jersey. Joe Maurer got the biggest ovation. He's the hometown guy, and – the twins and Maurer too, because Maurer never really. Maurer was such a quiet, soft-spoken, humble guy. He never wanted to draw attention to himself. You know, he was if, if he had a big hit in a game or something, he would always deflect in the post-game because I covered those teams for four years as a beat writer and and got to know those dynamics and Joe pretty well. And so when it came down to hey, people think you are soft. People don't know why you're sitting out. What is happening? Yes. He didn't want to talk about himself. He either wanted to keep whatever. Now, there were some knee issues and some and some back issues. There were some public issues. But I remember one time covering that team in the middle of that 2011 season, and I heard some whispers about some other non-knee-related ailments that it could have been, and just it was trying to do my job as a beat writer to figure out why is the highest-paid, most important player vaguely sitting out with bilateral leg weakness. Right. Ownership to front office to everyone else involved did him a disservice by category uh, categorizing it that way, mm-hmm. and it perpetuated this sort of well he's just a he's just a wimp. What's this bilateral leg weakness? I don't get to sit out my job if my legs are feeling a little weak. Like it just perpetuated that to me incorrect. If they would have spun it the other way, which is just be honest, what is happening? Is it knee? Is it something else? Is it arthritis? Like like what is the injury? I think people would have said, boy, that's a grinder. Think about the way that you know, people like to romanticize in baseball back to the Mickey Mantle days and stuff, right? Boy, Mickey Mantle's knees blew out when he was 25 years old, and he grinded the rest of his career. If you flip it the other way and say, listen, this dude's got some major issues. Knee, he's got some hip, back issues, and you think that he's missing games because he's soft. But it's really the other way around. This dude's playing 135 games through pain on a regular basis. Yes. Why it was never framed that way to me is idiotic and if they make the same mistake with Buxton if there are some actual things hey man hip knee it's kind of chronic he is a warrior he's playing through all this stuff right that's how you should frame it 
I love I love that. And I think so I think that they've decided now from a PR standpoint what the approach is. I think it's very flawed, but I think if you go back um to the quote that you read at the top of the show, Phil, Buxton in direct response to the question about how did it feel Saturday to be basically glued to the bench, essentially said, We don't care what people think. So like yeah. like clearly they've said, hey, you're going to get some pushback here, dude. Just be tough. I think it's only fair to the fan base, especially at home games. If he's not, if he is out, to make it very clear, there are going to be times that he is out. But the last thing on my concern about this being chronic and not good and and downright scary is this one: when you say, so think about this for a second, okay? Because this is baseball. Rocco said this, too. So, I mean, this is a full admission. When you say that when he's not going to play, he is unavailable to pinch hit, I don't want him to go to the cage and get loose. Like, think about this. Like, we're talking about a sport. When's the last guy, Phil, that you covered or or both of you guys who love the sport have heard that a guy who is not on an I.L., has been completely and utterly shut down on days that he can't even pinch hit to try to hit a home run because we're now in the Buxton could have gone up, yeah. smacked a two run homer, and that game is done. Like just yeah, but think then about he's, that. But then he's but then he's good enough physically to come back the next day and smack a bomb that puts the Twins up by he's two runs in the middle up. of the game, right? But my point is he's loosened up, so that's the scary thing. Like they literally must have to go through chapter Hours. and verse. Yeah, and this is how it was with Joe too, but. But Joe Maurer, oftentimes when he was sitting out, would still be available. All right, hey, this is kind of, it's the fifth inning. It's kind of a close game. Why don't you go down there, just start stretching out, loosening up and stuff, you know, and all we really need you to do is smack a opposite field single to get on base, and then we'll pinch run for you. Is there some sort, I think, what, what, to your point, there's going to be 10 games this season where he's got a scheduled off day, maybe even more than this, where he's got a scheduled off day, yeah. and it's a close game at the end. Yes. And there's three opportunities to pinch hit for a Miranda or for a Nick Gordon. Is there some process? Hey, we we got an hour here. This is a close game. It's the sixth inning. We're going to need you in an hour. Start heating it up. Or are they saying it's now it's too risky to do that? I think because I, I mean Derek Falvey used the word risk because he was asked about that scenario by Suhan and he said, "I know I appreciate the fan sentiment, but." Heating him up for a pinch hit appearance when he's not scheduled to be like going through his hours of warm up and stuff is risky and we've determined that it's not worth him hip knee oblique you know whatever it may be again he's a 28 year old athlete in his prime i'm not even ripping him no i'm just calling it just it's fascinating it's something that it's it's a little bit mauer like but at the same time mauer was a catcher for most of his career and that's one of the most brutal positions to play in sports you're sitting back there crouching for three hours it's hot it's summertime you're getting peppered with foul balls, like it's in your six foot five. You're not, you know, it, it, I, you understand some of the things with Joe Maurer. So it's just, you know, the the more open and transparent they can be, the better it will be for Buxton, for fans, for everybody. Yeah, it's. I am certainly not questioning him. I think he's a tough guy. I I think it's incredibly sad. I think it's incredibly sad when you are basically admitting that a guy as good as that can't even be allowed to go to the plate to try to hit a home run. Like, if he had pinch hit for Gordon and grounded to third base, I'd be like, okay, game's done, right? It's not like you got to hustle it out. Um, yeah, but, don't even – Yeah, the only thing you're going to do here is it, walk back to the dugout or trot. Exactly, <laughs> that, but try that, to, yeah, try to trot. And you know what? He consistently does. He is – 
as of as of his home run yesterday, with as few games, and I think he's now at twelve games missed, and and we're what thirty five games in. He is tied for second in the major leagues in home runs. Mm-hmm. So like it's not there is a very good chance that if you had sent him up there and he had connected, he could have hit a, a home run. And yet you have decided, and maybe rightfully so, I don't know, that you don't even want to take that risk to beat a division opponent in a game that you could have won. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, this is the, re- the longest time for the first two statements leading into Declan here. But before you give us your first statement, how long does it take you to warm up when you head to Meadows? Are, oh. you, are you like, you need like two hours on the range? <laughs> no, no. It, uh, a massage? Like, what's your what's your story? To, to, uh, to quote Robert California, James Spader in the office, do I look like someone who would waste my own time? Um, I, I, I go right up there and I'm ready to smack some, smack some balls right off the tee. And I do that at the Meadows at Mystic Lake, an award-winning 18-hole public golf course. I mentioned last weekend it was demo days. Well, guess what? They're going to continue that this weekend. On this Saturday, May 21st, Callaway, Cleveland, and Cobra. Visit the golf shop and try the latest equipment for 2022. You can book your appointment now at golfthemeadows.com. It is by appointment only, so give them a call and also visit golfthemeadows.com to learn more. It's one of the best courses in all the state. Check them out, the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Also, listen, this doesn't have to be an embarrassing conversation, guys, because it happens. It's life. Valley Park Medical Clinic is dedicated to providing breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Minneapolis area. Valley Park's approach is medical, and you'll work with them in a discreet manner that makes you feel at home. You can ask any question in a professional, confidential manner. Treatments are surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive. ED remedies at valleyparkmedicalclinic.com. Valleyparkmedicalclinic.com. All right, I'll stick on the Twins in a similar vein as Buxton. Um, And it might actually be related if Buxton doesn't play. This guy can still stay in the lineup. And my statement is he has to stay. And I'm talking about Royce Lewis. So Royce Lewis has another phenomenal game on Friday. Grand Slam, his first home run. First guy since Swaggy V, Phil, your boy Danny Valencia, to hit a Grand Slam in his Twins debut. Um, Unlike Danny Valencia, I think Royce Lewis, who is a first overall pick and uh, has the pedigree to look like he's going to be a a perennial all-star for years to come, this dude has to stay in the lineup. And he's clearly a very humble kid. I know he was asked, like, are you trying to force the Twins' hand a little bit here? Oh, no, I'm, I'm just here, you know, to play some ball. And if I want to go back to St. Paul, that's okay, too. No, this dude's got to stay in the lineup. And Gio Urshela had a great defensive day over the weekend. The oh. dude's a wizard. He's a very good fielder. Two home runs. Very good defender. Um, and hit a couple bombs, too. I still loathe the walk-up music. That's a statement and a different statement for another day. <laughs> But I think Royce Lewis has to stay in this lineup, man. And I, and if him and once Korea comes back, kind of piecemealing all these weird puzzle pieces that don't technically fit into the puzzle holes that the Twins have with these super utility players everywhere, Royce Lewis, in my opinion, is too valuable to send back down to St. Paul. And I believe that that um, on his show on CCO yesterday morning, Falvey essentially said this, we are going to use him as our super utility guy. Uh, I tweeted this out last night. With the Buxton plan now out, oh my God, it got out. Um, he played center yep. in the Arizona Fall League in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep, he could so play center. I yeah. I think that he he could play third. He could play center field. Can play some short when Correa's off. There are. I will give you the biggest compliment possible without one statistic. Royce Lewis plays like he belongs here. Like he just, there are some guys that look like they do not belong. Miranda 
is one right now. Like, he doesn't belong here. Royce Lewis, in my opinion, you watch him play and hit, aside from the the back-to-back safety squeezes Saturday, which yeah. I still don't get, and I don't know who called that. But anyway, Royce Lewis. I think he just did it on his own. Is what that's, they what, said. that's what they said. That's ridiculous. So the team has ben, news me and I'd like to work with him. You, th- yeah. you think Rocco gave him the nose, earlobe, nose, swipe across Why would the you chest, do it? head nod? Why twice? Come on, man. But anyway, Royce Lewis looks like he belongs. And if Buxton is going to be on the schedule that he's going to be on, I think that Royce very well could be a frequent replacement, too, for Byron. You know, what was the, what was the baseball movie where where uh, someone fell on the sword? Because Rocco kind of fell on the – Rocco kind of – didn't Rocco – Rocco threw Royce under the bus. But uh, wasn't there a baseball movie where the guy said, you know, oh, it was a uh, little big league. Little big league where the guy blew off the blew off the sign, right? And the manager, 12-year-old savvy behind, behind – I think Rocco should have fallen on the sword there and said, you know, if I could do it all over again – I would have had him swing away. You know, I don't know swing if Rice away. needs to be bunting in that situation. Oh, I don't know my where God, he's no. That from, dude, number one overall pick. That was not, yeah, I did not like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to Judd. All right. Oh, was that your, did you just make your statement? No, 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 no. My next statement on the Twins, very, very simple. It's not controversial this time. Good enough. The Twins are good enough to make the playoffs. The American League, for the most part, and especially uh, the Central Division, has a lot of questionable to bad teams. Uh, when you play a Houston, when you play a Yankees, there are going to be teams that I think are going to probably consistently throughout the course of the 2022 season beat up on the Twins. But that being said, when it feels like, for the most part, when they are playing teams that they should beat, they are routinely beating them. And so <clears throat> don't confuse the twins with like a really good team, like, Oh man, this team could make her. I don't know about that. I don't think so. Personally, I personally, when they get to the playoffs, I think that they're going to meet a team that's probably going to destroy them at some point in time. But that being said, what we have seen in the May bold take by you based on their last 18 years of history. Yes. Well, no, but, but I mean, it's seven teams. Now you could accidentally win a playoff game or something like that. But anyway, my point is regular season. It's good enough in part because the American League has enough bad teams that the Twins can beat them. I don't love this team, but I think we've seen a pattern here. Yeah, they definitely need one more starting pitcher at some point. I mean, Frankie Montas is going to get traded to somebody. Yeah, might as well be you. If the White Sox get him or something, then I think if if you can get him and then also block him from going to another contender Mm -hmm. in the American League, he could also go to a National League team. I actually have one more on Buxton, then we have to clear the way for Declan. Declan and I both have stories from the weekend. I'm glad I don't, by the way. I think I'm very very glad I don't have anything. So, uh, final, I'm going to go back to Buxton here. I was just digging around on his his contract, because he signed a very team-friendly deal with a bunch of incentives that could drive it more player-friendly, right? So my statement is, Byron Buxton is potentially losing millions of dollars by sitting out this many games, basically sitting out one in every three games to this point, and, and that being the plan going forward. The way his contract is structured, so so this year his base salary is $9 million, and then it goes up to $15 million each of the six years after that. But he has MVP voting bonuses. So if he wins MVP in any given year, it's an extra $8 million. So he goes from you know, $15 million next year to $23 million if he wins the MVP award. 
If he finishes second in the MVP voting, $7 million. Third, $6 million. Fourth, $5 million. Fifth, $4 million. If he finishes top 10, 6th through 10th, it's an additional $3 million in incentives for Byron Buxton. Yeah. Also, he has plate appearance bonuses starting at 502 plate appearances, which that's probably you got to you got to be playing like 5 out of every 7 games or so. I think he's probably coming in a little short of his first plate appearance bonus. But it's a $500,000 bonus if he gets to 502. 533 is another 500,000. Mm-hmm. 567 another half million. Mm-hmm. 600 another half million. 625. So so let's let's say when he's healthy he's the MVP, which I think he is. That's $8 million. And if he plays a full season, it's an extra like $3 million. It's, it's $11 million if he plays enough to win the MVP award. But he's not playing enough to win the MVP award. I don't know that he's playing enough to be top 10. Maybe maybe he would get some I votes th- and finish like 7th or 8th. I think he'd get, yes. Yes, I think the three million. But it's so hard at the end of the like, year. He's got a chance. But that's the thing about this contract that's so intriguing now. Like now that we know the plan... This contract is, like, it makes a lot more sense now than it did two weeks back to why he took this, though. Because he basically, and this is why I think something is wrong. Because when the acceptance of this contract and the bonuses, which are, like, might be pie in the sky. Hey, dude, if you can play more. And the fact that he right now, and he's a pretty defiant guy. In the locker room. In the clubhouse, I should say, on Sunday, he was very clear that he's on, on board. So this, this is why I think there's far more going on behind the scenes with, with this still. Um, and we're probably not going to find out a lot more. But what you just said, Phil, and his insistence that he is, you know, they've got a plan. I'm fine with that plan is another layer of the story that gets to a very intriguing place. Because you're right. Ordinarily, it would be like, I, I want to play more. Like, when I asked him, how did it feel to be on the bench? Like, when you could p- pinch hit. I didn't say start. Like, so I'm not saying, oh, you should have started. Um, his response was very much like he was prepared f- for the question and was completely comfortable. That's that's actually why I'm a little bit more concerned. That's actually why I think there's something far more far more chronic about this than, oh, my knee just hurts a little bit. Yeah. And well, I don't we'll, know. We'll find out in two or three months, right, If you know, to what extent is he playing. But the other thing, too, is they're saying, hey, let's, we're going to ease him in here, and he's going to play two of every three games, and then we'll kind of see what happens later. So we want him to be ready for the postseason run. I don't know that this team is – now, thank God the division's terrible, and the White Sox have had injuries, right? That might be your saving grace here. Yep. But the, but I just don't know that you can even get to a position where you're playing in the playoffs if he's not playing more than 100 games. But no, we'll we'll see. All right, all right, Declan. All right. Uh, so I, I had a wedding over the weekend. It's actually the only wedding I have this year. Shockingly, I said usually my age people have boatloads of weddings. I have friends that have weddings on consecutive weekends, and this is the only one. Are, are you sad to not have more weddings? Yeah, or I am. I are, lo- are you I love yet? I love weddings. There's something about that euphoria of knowing like. I'm going to a wedding today, and I'm gonna have. You a hit the dance floor. Time. Oh, I am a menace. I I am a menace on the dance floor. <laughs> I'd I'd waste no time getting on the dance floor, especially when I've had numerous cocktails or beers, and whatnot. So, um, so this wedding, it, it was my it's my it was my best friend growing up, my next door neighbor, one probably my oldest friend I've ever had, and uh, 
he got married in Wisconsin, um, in Star Prairie, Wisconsin. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Star Prairie. It's about mm, I don't think so. about ten minutes north of New Richmond, if if that's another okay. landmark for you. So it's like we were staying. We, me and the girls, stayed in downtown Stillwater, and then Great we spot, yeah. drove. Uh, we had two rides. Our her fam drove us up to the wedding, which was like twenty five minutes. It's like twenty five minutes into Wisconsin. Okay. Mm. And it was an outdoor wedding. This couple, this my, my poor friend had like three different cancellations and venue problems because of COVID and whatnot. So a family friend reached out to them and just said, you know what? Have it at our place. We have this beautiful area of land. They have a whole acre. They have like a, an apple field and, and they make their own honey. And their ceremony was like down on this hill, oh, like in front, in front of the dock. And he, a swan unprompted came by in the water while they were reading their vows. It was, it was nuts, oh. dude. It was oh gorgeous. And Judd's just about to throw up in your right fields. Now, it was. I love it. It was. It was. Yeah. I was. I was captivated. There's a quote from mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh from the dad. It was a great wedding. No, All right. you can't. You, the Winnie the Pooh quotes. Are you, you can't. You can't mess up. I'm, I'm a, a Winnie big the fan. Pooh. I'm a big fan. Everyone's favorite bear, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, so here's the kerfuffle. So it's an outdoor wedding, right? And I knew the only question I had, because and the ceremony was great, the dance floor was great, the bar was was set up appropriately. What's the bathroom situation going to be? Because it's an outdoor wedding at someone's house, right? So they okay. So it's a yeah. So, so it, are there, the only, it's like the only bathrooms are inside the house. How many people are at this wedding? Probably fifty to hundred. And how many bathrooms do they have? So what they did was they brought out one of those like trailers that has like, it's like porta potties, but they're like high end toilets. Like they're not just like yeah. a, a traditional porta potty you see at a music festival. These are like it's a trailer, and there's three of them. Okay, mm-hmm. there's three doors. Are they preferring that people don't walk in their house? That and is correct. That was not the Ryder Cup had these. Yes, had these trailers. That was that was not yeah. an option. You could not go in their own home to use the bathroom. They brought up these this trailer that had three bathrooms. So yeah. three bathrooms for an entire fifty to seventy five people. Right? Okay. So on three of these doors, there's one men's sign and two women's signs. So technically, there's only one men's bathroom. Okay. Two for the women. Why do we need, why can't they just be three bathrooms? Okay, all right, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> this is my kerfuffle. So, very early on, like right after the ceremony, I had to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm in line because there's one men's, men's bathroom. But a woman comes out of the men's room, which I didn't find that weird. But I was like, okay, because the other two were taken. So a woman must have saw it. was like, oh, I have to go too. So she went in. And came out. Mm-hmm. So then, throughout the course of the evening, I'm noticing when I have had to use the facilities, the, the door sign is no, it's been ignored. Whether right. you're a man or a woman, doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever you identify as, you can go in and use that bathroom, okay? Drinks are in place. Yeah, so, 2022. Just, seriously. Uh, gender neutral bathrooms. Just whatever. So yeah. I'm observing this. And then the last time I have to use the bathroom, towards the end of the evening, I go in and I use the women's door. Uh-huh. I come out. And I get scolded by a, by this older woman. Oh, of course, absolutely oh, no, dude. filleted. Now I have had numerous beers, and my confidence and also my feistiness is at a little bit of a higher higher end than it normally would be. I probably have been a little bit more apologetic, but I kind of turned on my Larry David of me, and I was like, you "Well, you know," back. <laughs> I said, "Well, here's the thing, Miss. I don't know if you've noticed, but like men and women have been coming out of each of these doors all night long, so like." So that just gives you the excuse to use the women's room? And I said, well, it, yeah, it kind of did. Like, I, everyone else was doing What's it. The like, What's the difference? What's the difference? And I did I mean, it. Did you pee all over the seat or no, something? No, 
No, and in fact, I'm a ju- I lived with women my entire life. I have been trained to put the seat down since I before I could even wipe my own behind. Like I, I know that. <laughs> I know that game. Mm-hmm. So I had to like sit there and be like, well, I'm, I'm so, like, what do you want me to do? Like, do you, do you want me to go back and take away the bathroom? Do you want to report it to the guests here? Like, I, I don't know what you want me to this do is, here, miss. This, so how long did you sit there and engage? Cause I think if it were me in that situation, I, I, I wouldn't have even like stopped. Like right. if she starts clapping, yeah, I wouldn't just, whatever right. I'm having, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this wedding, right. whatever. It was like, probably about yeah. 30 to 60 seconds. <laughs> probably about 30 to 60 <laughs> seconds of me being like, and like, I tried to time. do like, you know what? I, I, I kind of wanted to do what Phil said. Like I was just trying to like walk away, yeah. but then she kept like kind of intact. I was like, all right, look, here's the deal. Look like a man. Ju- and I saw it like a man walked out of another woman's bathroom or a woman walked into the men's room. And I was like, does it really matter? You got it. Does it really matter? You got to use the, I'm drunk. I can't talk right now. No, I don't think, well, <laughs> probably, I, yep. that would have been worse. That's how I you keep like. walking. Oh, no, no, no. You want her. You. By engaging her, you're giving her what she wants. By saying, I'm drunk, miss, bye, that's going to infuriate her. And you want to do do that. Like, you want to do that. You want to stir it up. You're never going to see this late lady again. You don't care, Declan. Yeah. And wh- what's she going to do? I think she watches do? Purple Daily. Come back and say, you Last. know, this guy ruined the wedding. You know what? They're all laugh at her. You got you to gotta walk away from that. I Phil's think, right. I'm yeah, with him. I think my play in that situation is I would have probably gone against my better judgment above and beyond. And I, w- I would have said, oh, you know, listen, next time, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I will give you some advice. You don't want to go in that one for at least five minutes yeah. after what I just did to it, honey. And then walk away. I'm too to drunk to read yeah would have been my line i can't read when i'm sober but right but it just it was it was it kind of like put a little bit of damper in then too i was like well god dang it what the damper why 10 30 was that your last trip to the bathroom yes did you you think okay i was gonna say what happened next this was towards the end and then i went back on the dance floor and had to explain like i just got accosted by some woman and by by using by using the bathroom. She took away your. She took away your bathroom confidence, yeah. man. I could, so I, I, the whole tough, thing. Tough Great wedding. Had an amazing time. Tore up the dance floor for my one and only wedding of 2022. But all I'm going to remember this now is the bathroom lady. That's how this is going to be remembered. But it was an older so, lady who, like that old old folks like me, love to do that. That's a trick because they're not having fun cuz they're old and they're go- going to go home and not have fun. They probably hate their spouse. You you my friend fell for the oldest trick in the book, the old person who wants to make you miserable too. Uh d- did you I'm going to ask a personal question. Was it all number ones for you? All in these number bathrooms? ones. All number okay. ones. Yep. Cuz yep. and and, that, and that's probably what I would have done. <laughs> I would have I would have done the number ones in those bathrooms, but I'm telling you, if number 2 comes calling, I'm going inside that house. Yeah, I'm I'm with Phil in this. I'm going inside the house if a number two comes calling. And I don't know if they have the doors locked, but I will find my way inside that house. <laughs> you know I will, what I learned? I will not be using the community porta potties. In, in the Ryder Cup, which had this exact thing, I learned this. Those bathrooms are sneaky disgusting. Because, like, at first you're like, sneaky, oh, sneaky disgusting. Oh, it's not a porta. Well, because at first I thought, oh, it's not a traditional porta potty. It oh, will no, be more. It is. It is. It's disgusting. There's no piping. It, yeah. No, yeah, I know, but at first I thought, oh, they brought in these trailers, and I, I quickly learned, no, this is disgusting. Just because it looks like an RV. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I thought, I, seriously, that's what I thought. Incredible. But yeah, I'm not, um, yeah, yeah, Declan, don't Amazing. let old people ruin your time. Amazing. Um, okay. All right. Statements continues here. And by, by the way, stay tuned for a buffoon of the week that you're all very familiar with. Okay. Let's just say. Just leave it at that for right now. But okay. uh, all right. 
I'm going to start with uh, the first the first statement of uh, Act Two here of statements on Mackie and Judd. Some breaking news yesterday from Ramona Shelburne, proving what I've been telling you guys all along: <laughs> that Carl Anthony Towns is a gladiator, and you guys never should have doubted his toughness. <laughs> so okay, so here's the report: Timberwolf star center Carl Anthony Towns underwent stem cell treatment and platelet-rich plasma injections in both knees, his left ankle, left wrist, and right finger on Friday. Sources told ESPN. Isn't that, didn't Kobe Bryant sort of bring the, the plasma injections thing he into... He went to Germany, right? Went, yeah. Yeah, didn't, what, wasn't, it was, it was like uh, 15, 15 years ago I or could something. be completely confusing this, but when Lance Armstrong was coming back from like his testicular cancer bout, wasn't he a stem cell person too? Probably. I think he was. Yes, there were some. Well, he turned out. Yeah, there's some gray that, area. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. he was doing. Yeah, he was aerodynamically so, signed. The report continues. Cat played through his injuries during the Timberwolves' run to the Western Conference playoffs. Decided to get these treatments in the off season with the hopes of avoiding actual surgery and making a full recovery by training camp. Towns, according to sources, was dealing with pain in both knees, especially his right knee, which he wore a sleeve on during the playoffs. He also had a cyst on his left ankle, a subluxated left wrist. We knew about some of the wrist issues. Yep. And ligament damage and an aggravated joint on the middle finger of his right shooting hand. His girlfriend, Jordan Woods, posted a photo of him recovering from the procedures on her Instagram story on Saturday. Um, so this definitely shines a light on how he felt physically at times last season. I will say this, and people are going to hammer me for this, okay? He played seven postseason games, six against Memphis, and then the, the play-in game technically, I think, counts. But he was atrocious in four of the seven games, okay? Completely objective here. In the in the four atrocious games, was it due to physical issues that hampered him from being able to play his game? Or was it due to racking up bad fouls? Bad charges on offense, getting caught up in emotions and making bad decisions. Did yeah. you did you look at those four dud games from him and think, boy, once he gets physically right, it's going to be a different story? Because I think I think his issues were separate in these dud playoff games from the ailments that he, you know, has been suffering from and and deserves to be acknowledged for that. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I think if you're going to and. This is especially true of the arduous uh, tra- uh, tests that are the NBA and hockey playoffs. I think if you're going to play through problems and pain, then you have made a decision to do so, and you're going to play to the best of your ability. And there is no question in the games that Cat was atrocious. He did not come close to playing to the best of his ability. How do we know that? Because when he did, he was still very good. Um, I really struggle with this thing now of trying to, in hindsight, say, well, he had this wrong, so I really shouldn't have expected as much. Um, A lot of guys play hurt now, and it's a credit to them. They get a lot of treatment. That's awesome. But, like, can we go through in retrospect with every one of them now and be like, well, if you look at this game, yeah, his wrist hurt. And if you look at that game, his knees hurt. Now, does the fact that he is getting um, these type of treatments concern me a little bit? Absolutely. Like these are again treatments for problems that might uh, that might continue to be problems, but it doesn't really change my opinion because of the fact that he played so well in enough games that we know that there was 
consistently more there. And on a lot of those nights that he was bad, he wasn't like just a little bit off. He was really off. So I don't think it, it I don't think it dramatically alters how I feel about the fact that when he disappeared, he really disappeared. So this is the same the, the plasma rich yeah. injections, worries, whatever you want to call them. This worries me the, a little bit. This is what Kobe Bryant had. Kobe was thirty two when he had this procedure. I think he was thirty two going on to thirty three, entering sort of the, the final five years of his career. And then he tore his Achilles like two years later. So this was this was more of a you know, Kobe had been playing for 15 years, and and it was toward the the erosion of his knees and stuff. He just needed a boost, and so I, yeah, it does raise questions about what because they have to make a decision on whether they want to give him 200 million dollars on a multi year max extension this summer. Yeah, and and if he's got issues in both knees, I think some of this stuff, like the finger and the wrist, you hope that some of this stuff just kind of clears up. The knees on a big man are the biggest question, right? You don't see a lot of seven-footers yes. that are playing at a really high level and fully healthy after the age of 30, 31, 32. So, very interesting. Credit to him for his toughness grinding some of this stuff out. I don't know that it makes me feel better about the four dud games when they needed him most, because I, I, didn't, I didn't watch those games thinking, God, he just can't Oh man, he can't get to where he wants on the court. That right. wasn't really the the case. It definitely makes me think more about that contract. Like, is the ex- extension now? Like, is that a no pun intended slam dunk now? Or do because like when you were talking about stem cell treatments and knees, um, that doesn't strike me as well. That's going to fix it. It strikes me as trying to buy time again. So it, I'm not saying you don't do the contract. I'm saying I think it factors into the thought process of the contract. Yeah, you have to do the contract, whether you're going to keep yeah. him for the entire duration or, or you know. Whatever. Let's throw it to Declan here. Good. All right. Uh, Pat Bev, was on, and he's still on it. I'm looking right now as we record this at 11 a.m. that he's he's still on first take and get up. He's doing the whole ESPN media tour uh, today. So Car wash. He uh, called out Chris Paul. He had talked about numerous things. He talked about the Suns mostly, obviously, and, and the Celtics game and Luka. But here's a... Here's what he had to say about the Phoenix Suns. And all of this because this is what the NBA said. And players in the NBA know this. I'm, I'm just, my coach used to tell my coach, Finch, he told me, I'm just the weatherman. I'm just giving you, letting you know if it's raining or not, brother. Yeah. These are other, I'm not the only one who says this. It's other people, man, what? If I'm playing a game and I'm getting ready for the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> come on, <laughs> let's go. If I'm getting a game and I'm getting ready for the Golden State Warriors, yeah, I'll holler at y'all tomorrow. I got an early one. I'm just saying, my, 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 my preparation is very different. So he also went on to say that numerous players, including himself, Anthony Edwards, they wanted the Phoenix Suns. They wanted yes. the Phoenix Suns. And, and the entire first take crew brilliantly broke this down. And um, J.J. Redick even pointed out that the Suns are a little bit of a flawed team in terms of the modern NBA. They don't take a lot of three-pointers. They don't get to the rim a lot. They don't take a lot of free throws. Um, and... And they're a little bit flawed, even though they had that number one seed. They're not as good as I think people think they are. And now the Warriors are back to looking like the Warriors. Luka was phenomenal for Dallas yesterday. And Pat Bev said that we wanted the Suns. Respectfully, I disagree. Um, I understand so interesting. that the Grizz mm. were this fun team that went back and forth. And Ja was phenomenal until he got hurt in the second round. And I know Phoenix was flawed, as Redick pointed that out. I think if, if the Wolves got the Suns, it's no different than how the series played out against Memphis. I think it's First no of all, different. 
Pat Beverly made himself millions of dollars in future TV contract oh, earnings yeah, did, with dude. his appearance so far four hours on Get Up and First Take this morning. He's been amazing. Uh, I, here's another quote too, because he's he, he just spent they, they just kept antagonizing him about Chris Paul. I mean, he it's Christmas morning for him. He wakes up after the Suns are down by 45 points in a <laughs> game seven, and he gets to crap on Chris Paul again. And at one point, he goes, "Listen, it, it, he's continuing this point about how." I know you guys all worship the Suns, and they had 60-plus wins, but no one sweats the Suns. In the league, he called Chris, he called Chris Paul a cone at one point defensively. <laughs> and then he goes, guys, I talk to players in the league. And I'll you know, do respect, Stephen A., you're not in the locker room. I'm in the locker room. I talk to players in the league. I, he goes, I talked to a player last night. I won't say who. Ah, screw it. I talked to Paul George last night. No one's scared of Phoenix. <laughs> right. So do you think... Uh, well, to Declan's comment there, too, the fact that the Timberwolves wanted the Suns over the Grizzlies, do you find that to be, would that have been a more favorable matchup now that you've seen the the Suns sputter against the Mavericks? I'm so very conflicted here because, one, Pat Bev is great. Like, I, I'm sorry. I love the guy. He's hilarious. He is, uh, he is honest to a fault, but bravo for that. However, I saw the ant. Edwards Instagram last night as yeah. well, laughing and sort of uh, clowning the Suns. And I will say this from a Timberwolves perspective. Um, I don't want to hear the Timberwolves as a whole say we wanted anybody. Like the Pat Bev stuff's great, but he- hear me out. You became the first team in NBA history to blow two double-digit leads in the fourth quarter, and then that wasn't good enough, so you took it to three. Nobody had done more than one. Um, for the Timberwolves as a whole, and I think more from the ant thing, but for you to be saying, we wanted Phoenix, we think there's dudes, you blew a monument. In one game, you blew 51 points of lead. So so from a team perspective, come on. But from a Pat Pep perspective, I do think it's hilarious. Well, and yeah, when you look back, Memphis was a very favorable matchup for the yeah, Timberwolves. 100%. They had the series you won multiple times over. And you said it at the outset. So, but but there is something interesting that you know, the Suns take the... The Suns are a great regular season team because they have a deep bench. They're, it's a great system. They They play, right? They're not sitting out. It's not like Kyrie Irving is going to sit out for all the home games because of using vac- sure. vaccinated or whatever. Sure. The Suns are putting their players out there on a nightly basis. But it is interesting that two years in a row they take they take these 2-0 leads and then all of a sudden either Chris Paul starts to look like he's 50 years old or the opposing team makes an adjustment and the Suns don't have a counter movement. Also, as good and deep as the Suns are, they don't have the best player on the floor in many of these series. They, they don't have a player better than Giannis or better than Luka. And I would even argue, if you, if you start to match them up, Devin Booker's great, but is Devin Booker better than next year's version of Anthony Edwards or yeah. a Carl Anthony Towns that's dialed in and not getting into foul trouble? I, you know, I mean, Chris Paul's 37 years old now. So this was probably it for Phoenix. They're, I mean, they'll be a playoff team, but I don't know if they can come back from these two drubbings blowing... 2-0 series leads. Next time, though, beat the damn Grizz, okay? And then you can talk all you want. And yeah, then you I, can, can talk all I you don't want. Care. I, well, I no. think he should just keep talking. I, I, I think I the Ant thing bugged me more because he was clowning the Suns. Well, Ant, and it's but, like, dude. Well, Ant wasn't. Well, you're talking about the Instagram post? Yes, the Instagram post. He clowned the Suns completely. I think that bugged me more because he doesn't really have this, the credibility yet to do that. Pat Bev just doesn't care, which I just love. 
Yeah, he's going to – I could see him on inside the NBA at some point, for sure. All right, Judd, you're next up here. All right. My statement is we was robbed in this town. We was robbed. There were eight first-round NHL playoff series, and five of the eight reached a game seven. One of the most exciting things in sports, and unlike the NBA on Sunday, all five paid it off. Um, including two OT games yesterday. Absolutely great. All right. The Avs and Preds was a sweep. That was just a clear-cut Avs kicked ass. That's fine. Um, the Panthers The Panthers got pushed by the Caps, but ultimately were a great, or not a great team. They're a very, very good, good team. And That's... they and they won in six. And you know what? It was a tough six. Mm-hmm. The only series which just peed down its breezer was the Wild and Blues, in which case we didn't get a competitive Game 6. Uh, starting in the third period of Game 5, it just went it went sideways. We were robbed. We should have had at the X on Sunday a Game 7 that the Wild might not have won, but which, but should have been close, should have been just great. Might have gone to OT, which, yes, is strenuous, but it's fun. And instead, we got the one team that I think in their final game basically just quit. Like everybody else played um, played pretty damn hard. Only one team got, speaking of clowned, got clowned in a game to end the series that was actually supposed to be competitive, and that was the Wild against the Blues. That's my Ooh, statement. The, the, the Dallas goalie had 60-some saves. Last Jake Ottinger, 64 saves. One Lakeville kid. One of us. Lakeville God. guy. He mm-hmm. was phenomenal. He was great. Man, was that fun to watch. Dude, yeah. Get the that Rangers guy help for in God's OT sake. against the Penguins, that was fun. Like, I can go through the litany. Those five games were all really fun. How long are you going to? Are, are you essentially going to hold this against the Wild I'm for the foreseeable future? Like, like I yeah, feel like it's going to. It's this is almost like the Twins with me. It's going to fester. Time they got bounced. It's 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 going to fester not because they lost, but because of how they lost. Hmm. I am incredibly, incredibly disappointed with how they lost. Um, yeah, I still kind of hate the Twins for multiple playoff series losses against hate, the Yankees and the Astros in recent years. I hate the old team. I don't hate this team, but I'm shocked. I'm shocked at starting in the third period of game five. Let me tell you, though, the one positive from two days of just basically uh, being in on puck, the one positive, nothing could have made me more pleased than to see the Calgary Flames uh, beat the Stars, not because of, of Ottinger. He's a great story and probably is a great kid. But sending Ryan Suter home just makes me much happier. <laughs> the battle for Alberta. <laughs> yeah. First time since 91. But seeing Suits dispatch, yeah. I, it would have really hurt my heart to see that fraud get to the second round. <laughs> and now everyone knows the truth about Ryan. Exactly. Suter after that audio clip came out exactly. last night. All right. You guys ready for a little buffoon of the week here on Mackie and Judd? The buffoon. <laughs> Boon of the week. Never not make me laugh. Yeah, it's presented by our friends, our friends who are not buffoons at Dennis Kirk. In fact, they're all about helping you ride more, weight less during these summer months. And so, whatever you ride, a Harley, Indian, Metro Cruiser, sport bike, you'll find what you need at denniskirk.com. And uh, remember, they have over 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, free shipping on orders over $89. 
and uh, rock-solid service all around. DennisKirk.com. Ride more, wait less. Okay. The buffoon of the week this week is me, Phil Mackey. Congratulations. Mackadack. That's right. Congrats, buddy. Let's tell you a little Show story. Your audience. That's right. Let's tell you a little story here. I, I, and feel free to chime in here with where did I go wrong? And then to what extent am I screwed now that this has happened? Because we're still kind of in the middle of it. But mm-hmm. you guys remember back in February, this is like right right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. We had a little issue with flooding in our basement here in our townhouse. It's like kind of a, like a four-level row house, townhouse. And the mm-hmm. basement level has two bedrooms. One is my wife's office and a laundry room. And one night the we had a little laundry going. And I noticed in the adjacent room, which is my wife's office, there was just standing water in the closet that shares a wall on the other side with the laundry room. And it was yeah. like leaking into the room. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a whole thing. And got an emergency plumber over and realized not only is this. At first, I thought, oh, there's a washing machine clog or an issue or something. And it was way worse than that. It was a pipe connected to a septic tank. Oh, Again, this is three months ago. Right. And so. This was this wound up being like a one month fiasco where the, the the issue was something to do with this the septic alarm was broken and so usually when the water reaches a certain point if there's a problem it triggers the alarm well the alarm was broken and so it just like so, I don't know we've only lived here for a year it's it, the place was built 15 years ago so I don't know if there was like backup or what but anyways that took like a month to repair and it was. They literally had to knock out the walls. They had to bring in the emergency, you know, flood and fire recovery team, dehumidifiers. They redid carpet, walls, everything. It was a whole thing. All right. And because it was an issue with septic tank alarm, it wasn't our, we didn't do anything. Right. So just kind of a, kind of sucks to be a landlord in that situation. Mm -hmm. So anyways, all right, we continue on with our lives. Everything's back in order. And uh, there are still a few things to be hung up back up on the wall down there that I had been procrastinating uh, a couple shelves and stuff. So I went down there yesterday thinking, OK, my wife's out running a couple errands for us. I want her to come back and I want her office to be back like exactly the way that it was. There's a c- couple of things that just need to be hung up on the wall with small nails. Right. So I uh, grab my hammer. And I've got this shelf up. I'm holding like I'm holding the shelf up kind of with one arm and I've got the nail in and I start banging the nail back in. And by the way, I'm banging the nail back in pretty close to where the old nail was. I can kind of see where they patched the old nail hole when they redid the rest of the the wall. And so I'm I'm pounding it in Mm -hmm. and it hits something. And sometimes, you know, I don't know if you guys ever have this issue where there might be like you know, like sheet metal or something or there's different things that you could potentially hit. Right. I don't know. I'm not the handiest guy, so what do I know? Right. So I, I, I feel that the nail hit some resistance of some kind. Oh no! And so this again, this is six feet above. I should, I should specify, the issue from three months ago was sort of a ground level issue. It was, it was water bubbling up from the ground. This sure. was a, this was like I'm pounding a nail in like six feet above the ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. It hits something, and I'm like, okay, that's weird. I'll just pull the nail out and. Try a different spot. I pull the nail out and water comes spraying out of the nail hole, just shooting right at, like literally right at my head. Oh, God. <laughs> spraying at me. Yeah. And so I'm now I'm trying to process. I spend like 10 or 20 seconds processing. Whoa, what's happening? We're okay. I 
drove a nail through a pipe. What is this? Okay, I got the I, and I had a load of laundry going, so I'm like, okay, I don't know, maybe this is like from the connected to the washing machine. So I put my thumb on it at first, just to, which wasn't going to help anything. But plug the dike. I put my thumb on it just to figure out what's happening. Of course, you take your thumb away, and it's you know it's still spraying out at you. And then I realized the familiar scent oh, of God. the water. Oh, it no. wasn't. It wasn't just water from the washing machine. It was septic smelling oh, water. Oh God, no, Bill! Like three months ago. And so my heart is racing. I'm home alone, trying to figure out. Okay, oh. I grab a wastebasket and a oh, bunch of towels, and, a, and eventually a plastic bag, just to like try and protect the carpet. Oh, and I call, my first call was to emergency plumber because, like, we got to get someone out here. Well, of course, they couldn't come by for, like, five hours. And so, anyways, long story as short as possible, I pounded a nail into, and I didn't, again, like, I don't know where these pipes are running. So this pipe was pressed right up against the the drywall. It's not, there was nothing protecting it. It's a plastic pipe. And I don't know, this is where I got to figure out like with insurance company and stuff. Ultimately it's my screw up. Cause I drove a nail through a pipe of a house that I don't own. And right. So it's probably just going to be on us, but I feel like you shouldn't have important pipes like that right next to like, like pressed up against a half inch of drywall so that anyone could, if you're hanging something, literally anything would, would pierce it. I would think. And so the guy comes over and, and fixes this stuff, but there's still like, there's going to have to be someone to come over and check out how, how damaged is the carpet. Are they going to have to go replace? back in, into the wall now again? Are they going to have to cut that part? I mean, are they going to have to get at Probably. that? Probably. No. Oh, cripes. And this one, as as of oh, right now, man. this one, this is not like an issue of, oh, it's something wrong with ours. This is, I drove a nail into a pipe. And so this one, I think, I think this one's on me. I don't, you know, this is. I mean, I have hung a ton of pictures and stuff. I've never even thought thought of this. Yeah, neither have I. Like Tw- twenty years. I'd love like, to say you you're know. just a moron, but I've never. Yeah, I've, but I'd, I've done exactly this, and and dude. like so, sometimes there's a like the nail will hit a bigger piece of like you know wood in the wall, something yeah. like that. A stud, yeah, a stud, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but 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 I mean, but I mean, or I the hang stuff. The handy show here. Yeah, but I mean, and I don't know. You know, as has been made clear, I don't know a damn thing about this stuff, but I have never even given the thought when I've been hanging a picture that there could be plumbing in the wall. Like I always thought. Well, it yeah, ran... I mean, there, well, there's well, there's always piping that goes. If you have a multi-level house, like piping, of course. I guess, goes, but I was going to say I wouldn't have thought. From... But in full disclosure, I wouldn't have thought of it. Yeah, and I didn't either. Now, and so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there, like, okay, is this is this normal? Like, is this? Am I, have I just been now, lucky for like 16 years of? You've learned Pounding a great lesson. Walls? You you've learned an incredibly, I think the most valuable part of this is very simple. Two-sided sticky tape. And that is no, no, no. That is this one. When you're going to do something for, for your wife, who My wife. I mean, we love our wives, Phil, dearly, right? You have to decide if something goes wrong. Is it worth the scrutiny that you're going to get when you? Weigh it against the surprise of, oh, I love this. Thank you so much. Well, I'm not getting scrutiny because, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I already feel awful. And yeah. it's super, I mean, it's like super expensive. Yeah. Th- like thousands of dollars. I'd, I'd be in trouble. Expensive. I'd be in trouble, full disclosure. Because she'd be like, you're a moron. Why would you not use a thumbtack? 
Or or the thumb, why we, did we, you we, think that you could do this? Well, we ha- well, but like people hang this is thing. I like know. people hang stuff on walls. I know, and I, and, I, and we've been using thumbtacks and double sided tape for everything we can. But you know, there's ten percent of things that well, are too heavy or too but big it's a shelf, or something. Right? It's a shelf. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you. Can, yeah. yeah, no. I I think you have to. So I would be curious if anyone, if any listeners have any similar experiences. And, I, and again, we rent, we rent this place, so it's, it's yeah. a different ball game when you rent the place. And there's probably things I have to go read through the lease and stuff. But, um, dude, it is. And then I'm sitting there That's with awful. just like I'm trying to plug this hole. And then even when I'm not, this water, which is disgusting, is just spraying on me. And so I'm, I'm wiping myself off with like oh. wipes and shower and stuff. Threw away all my clothes. It is so. Did did you a just freaking nightmare? Turn it off eventually, or how how did did you stop the actual spray? So I went. I shut off the laundry machine, which I think was, you know, triggering in that part of the house. Anyways, the water flow, and sure. then I shut off the main the main water line, which is in the garage. I shut those off so that there was no water in the house. Period for like five or six hours. Yeah, and then the guy came by and cut out a chunk of the wall and fixed the piping and. And I and he gave me the receipt, and I was like, "Come again." I said, "So are you going to repair that?" He goes, "Oh no, that's going to be somebody else." And I was like, "Okay, oh crap, oh that's plumbers, man." So that, they, that's plumbers, yeah. So yeah. he did his I can't thing. Do that. So now there needs to be someone needs to come out and do an assessment, and which costs money of what the real damage is, mm. and then the next person is going to come over and do some sort of actual repair. And I'm just I'm kind of hoping. So last time it was fully flooded. This wasn't fully flooded. I'm and again. I don't know anything. I'm kind of hoping that is there just something antibacterial that you can pour on that part of the carpet, which is maybe like, you know, the edge of the wall, six inches out and maybe a foot across. Or does it mean the whole room has to be recarpeted now? Because you can't just like put a new patch of smell to recarpet the whole room. Not really, but that, but it's still like, like the bacteria, it's septic water. It's like the bacteria still needs to be cleaned up. God, dude. I bet there's something strong though, because it's not the whole carpet. There's got to be some type of fingers are crossed and and just like take take something big and put it on that piece of carpet then too. So like you sort of like know it's it, there like well, a piece of furniture. Just cover it up like long term. Well, no, I'm saying <laughs> get some that. type of disinfectant and then take something big and stick it on there and you'll forget all about it. Yeah, seems like a lot to redo that. It seems like a lot to oh, reinstall carpet again. Well, yeah, if it's up to me, I'd rather just why don't you just rip the carpet up and leave it concrete till we move out. And so, but either way, like we're going to, I, I think, know. and this is my biggest question is what am I on the hook for here? Is there right. any sort of argument that you kind of, why is there a pipe of that importance level sitting that close on, like an it's literally like a half inch of drywall and then this pipe that's plastic. It's not a metal pipe. It's a plastic pipe and like a small nail pierced it. This is bad. I need help from a listener. Phil, Phil here for <laughs> no. renters' rights. Oh, That's God. right. You have rights too as a renter. Nobody knows better than me. Oh, Call God. now. Wow. So, the buffoon of the that week sucks. is me. I feel for, for you. Driving a nail into a septic pipe. Yeah. I could have done right. the same thing. I'm actually kind of surprised that, well, but you don't take chances. And by chances, I mean you don't hang things on walls. I, you, just, you know, I've, I've hung kind of things on walls in my office. When when I I redid it a little bit a couple months ago or or six months ago, mm-hmm. but yeah, beyond that, and like if Dawn has a room, I ain't gonna do a thing to it. 
The only thing I do, the only thing I do is like occasionally dust it for her or something. I ain't gonna be hanging nothing. In Husband her of the year, right here. I'm Husband not gonna be hanging year. anything in her. If if it involves handyman stuff, I'm out. I'm not helping her. I'm out too. Like I'll but like hanging if she a tells picture me what to do. isn't handyman yeah. stuff. No, that's what I'm saying. I could have easily done that. I mean, I yeah. I that, tried. I so tried. Think, think twice. Yeah. Live in fear every time you think about driving. Well, a now I will. Into a wall. You mm-hmm. you just brought up a scenario that in my wildest dreams I had never considered. Me too. Never. It never occurred. And when I pulled the nail out, never. even as water sprayed out of it for like five or ten seconds, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, wait a second. I've driven right. thousands of nails into walls. Like, I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah, it's a good point. And I, I did, you know, I was talking to my landlord and we're kind of, we Ooh. haven't quite gotten to the who get, was what situation. Get contentious. Here, but, but obviously, like, I had to explain what happened which is me driving a nail into the wall. And he goes, I said, I was kind of bitching about the proximity of the pipe and the importance of the pipe. And he goes, I think you just got really unlucky. And I'm like, well, but isn't there some way like (laughs) unlucky? It's ridiculous. Anyhow. All right. Before the week. You actually got anything? Oh, dude, I, I have nothing, no home improvement skills. I'm worried about bathrooms and what, where, yeah. what, which one you go into, which one you shouldn't go into. I, I mean, you're buffoon of the week, 1A by far. And I, I'm a very just tiny little subplot in the buffoon of the week for, for my. For I think you should have told the old gal, hey, buzz off, lady. I'm going back. I'm drunk. Yeah. Buzz oh, I thought off. you were talking about me with the. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. The landlord, yeah. No, not <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh-huh. Amazing. All right. That's a wrap. Mackie and Judd here are going to go try to get We got problems. Our- Get our bleep together. We'll see you guys on Purple Daily.